0: My great-grandmama, Georgia, she had a saying, you never know where your last drink of water gonna come from. So it's best that you keep it cool with everybody that you come in contact with until they do you wrong. And even if they do you wrong, if you can survive from it, move on and learn from it. But it's one of them things where like, don't let that determine or define you or make you into whatever it is that you don't like. You feel like you're getting gatekept? Okay, cool. Keep on persevering with your thing, do your shit. Don't worry about it. Be aware of it, but don't worry about it.
1: Once again, welcome back, guys, the Rel and Friends podcast. This is the podcast where I speak to the homies who are creative professionals in their own respective world. And we in search of some inspiration, some enlightenment for y'all and for myself. But we got a good one today. If you're into getting fitted, getting fly, flee, if you're into the art of fashion, You're going to enjoy this one today because I'm speaking to none other than my homie Rax. He dominated the supreme streetwear era. You might have seen him on Complex where he hosted a number of shows. He went on to continue to build his own brand, Grayskull, and also doing custom rugs. He's thriving, man. And when I caught it with him, he was actually on his way to Paris Fashion Week. He's chilling with all the kids super folks. So my boy is really connected, especially if you're out here in New York. And it was great to catch up with him. And I think you're gonna learn a lot today. Welcome to Reling Friends, y'all. Now, there's a lot going on in my world. January has been a month of conversations. It's been a conversation month. And even just this week, I've gotten probably like four meetings lined up, people inquiring about some video production needs. If you guys are listening and you're an aspiring creative and trying to figure out what's lucrative to follow in the creative business, video production's pretty hot right now, man. Cause like, it seems like everyone needs it, but no one knows who to hit up. The number of clients I have gotten just from word of mouth. I mean, I think a majority of them are word of mouth. Just something to hold on to. If you're bored and looking for something to do and need a new outlet, pick up a camera. Or like I said in the last episode, pick up your iPhone. You got it right in your hands. As for me, I'm rocking the Sony FX6, Sony FX3, just nerd out real quick for my fellow videographers. We're using prime lenses over here at Art Storytelling. We got the 24 to 70, 70 to 200. We got the 85, 35. I got a lot more, man. We got the drone. We can do it all at Art Storytelling. I got I to just remind you, full service video production company. My year is filling up very quick. So if you've been thinking about hiring us for a, a project, reach out. So- Maybe you could boot out some of these other guys that aren't offering the paper. Let me know. But I do have some travel coming up. It looks like I'm going to be hitting D.C. here in a couple weeks. Uh, potential trip to L.A. in February. And then down the line, it looks like Vegas in March. I think March, March, April, May, one of those. And then I got to squeeze in a Bay trip because I miss my familia. We're going to make that happen. But let's get into some news. Now I'm going to share some marketing news here. I saw the story pop up on Adweek. If anyone was familiar with the Solo Stove campaign with Snoop Dogg, if you're not aware, he had this campaign where Snoop tweeted out that he's quitting smoke. I have an announcement. I'm giving up smoke. I know what you're thinking. Snoop, smoke is kind of your whole thing. But I'm
0: done with it. Done with the coughing and my clothes smelling all sticky-icky. I'm going smokeless.
1: But of course, the media went crazy, especially hip-hop outlets started talking about it. Everyone was calling this a genius campaign, but shortly after the CEO, let me see what his name is. John Morris was out of a job who knows if it was related. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but a lot of people are saying that the ROI, the return on investment was just not worth it. They didn't see an uptick in sales. So I just want to give my opinion on this. So I think it was a dumb campaign. I think it's stupid. Those days of just doing stuff to garner attention doesn't work anymore it works to get attention brand awareness it worked but if you're trying to get people to buy solo stoves i don't think that's the approach and i have a couple more thoughts so you need to be ready to follow that up okay so when people go to the instagram page and start following what are they going to see and then when i go to the instagram page besides these snoop ads the rest are beautiful product shots and lovely white people using the solo stove in their backyard. You and me. The crisp mountain air. The misty morning sunlight. The warmth of our solo stove. Deep breaths and a fresh cup of coffee by the fire. A moment that will last with me forever. That, to me... Just doesn't look right. It looks like some culture vulture shit. Then you can't do that as a brand. People want authenticity nowadays. People can see through stuff like that now. So I think that was a real miss. Some follow up ideas. What if you're gonna pull from the culture? You need to know how to speak to the culture. Going to the Solo Slove Instagram. Besides those three top videos that they have pinned up there with Snoop, none of it speaks to the culture. Like, how are you gonna follow that up? Maybe you have a a follow-up series with Action Bronson cooking meals on the solo stove, or you have some cool backyard designer like redoing people's backyards and incorporating the solo stove. So it it was a big miss. There's so much other places they could have gone. Maybe they just spent the whole budget on Snoop. But for me, the moral of the story is, if you're going to borrow from the culture, you got to give back to the culture. So you have to work with someone that can speak to the culture okay and by the culture let me be very specific by the culture i mean art produced by black and brown people okay nowadays more than ever we can see right through the bullshit okay you gotta be authentic with it all right and speaking of authenticity my guy today Rax, he is the most authentic of it all he is i guess an influencer in the fashion world here in new york and nationally he was big on the complex network when they were doing a lot of coverage of the supreme drops my guy was big in the uh, reseller market uh, at the time but even bigger than that he's just a a cultural figure i would label him um check him out on social media it's i-t-s-r-a-c-k-s it's racks on ig uh, and from there you can follow him on other places but entertaining guy to watch man he also drops a lot of racks facts on there some knowledge daily and if you catch him soon you'll see him out in paris fashion week right now but let's get into it my interview with Rax hogan aka Rax. let's do it first of all what is your favorite rap line Oh, <laughs>
0: Damn, you put me
1: on the spot with that one. Everyone gets stuck on this one. No,
0: because I ain't wasn't expecting that to be the mm. first
1: place. <laughs> I know. I, know. Like, I like to throw um, people off. <laughs> it's probably
0: uh I know Fair Age is gonna see me, I got on Bright Cleasy.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. What who who said that one? That's bees. He gonna
0: shine whether they like it or not. You know, it, it don't matter. You you can't help but see it because I'm going to be out here stunting and throwing it all in your face. So it don't matter whether you're a hater or a fan, either or. I got on bright My cleats. I love it. I know if an agent not see me, I got on bright
1: My cleats. I like to start the show with a memory that I have with the folks that I'm interviewing. So I have a few memories. I know we've only kicked it like a few times. Uh, it's usually with like C+, usually a smoke-filled room. I think many times it was some kind of raps being made. But my biggest memory is seeing you outside of the Supreme drops and you becoming kind of like the Supreme guy, like during the peak of the reseller game, like you kind of dominated that man, you know, that was kind of crazy, like, uh, to see that I know that part of your life is come and gone, but that was a big memory of mine.
0: Yeah, that era, that era, as I say, there will never be an era like that ever again. And I, it's funny, I was just talking with Domi Larry over here about being genuine to the stuff that they actually are into. It wasn't that I wanted to be the supreme guy as I liked the shit that they was making at the time. And that was what you had to do to get the shit. If I could have just showed up at the store, you know, on a Thursday when they dropped and knew that I could come at four o'clock or six o'clock before they closed, and I would still be able to get whatever it was that was coming out that week and I wouldn't have no problems would have did that too but they made that shit they made it like that you want me to cut the head off a dragon bring you the blood of a freaking cyclops yeah, just yeah. to get some damn t-shirts so it's like if you can't beat them join them what the fuck yeah. you know
1: yeah 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 and it is kind of symbolic of your character because you figured out a way to get it but then you also dominated let's go through everything let's go everything okay so first of all like what are you doing now like what is your hustle right now
0: I have this thing that I like to tell people. I professionally exist. I don't have an actual job title, okay? I exist
1: professionally. You exist professionally. You exist professionally, okay. I live for a living. I call you a creative entrepreneur. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, that's fair. But to be honest, you like to be direct. So mainly what I'm doing is I just started in design. Like last year, I really kind of got into learning how to design clothes. I already was doing art direction for my brand, Gray Skull. So I, I got that back in the States. I also am one half of one of the best print shops in all of New York City, Talkmaker, with my homie Elliot. We co-founded that like three years ago. This is our third year. Woo-hoo! And overall, I'm like, if you will, a creative director slash production manager slash designer, slash rug artist, textile artist. I do a lot of stuff, bro. I just It's all relevant to art and design, though. It's all geared towards and into fashion, culture, and art. And I know there's words that people like to use a lot and throw around. But when I say fashion, art, and culture, like I was saying to my homie Larry over here, you got to look at all aspects and appreciate everything. Even the stuff that you may not wear, you still have to have to understanding of it. So I think, if anything, I'm like a lifestyle journalist. That's what I'll consider it because... I do the research. I try to get as close to the source of whatever information that I'm getting for the subject that it is. Like I said, I came out here because the cannabis culture here is completely different than the cannabis culture in the United States. And I wanted to see how it varied, but I also was into the architecture of the buildings here in Europe versus what we got in the United States. And being that I'm into art and stuff like that, it has one of the biggest collections of museums that you can visit that have works and masters and all that kind of stuff that i'm actually into that inspires me in my fashion in my art direction when it comes to whatever i'm making for rugs the textiles i choose to make and all that kind of stuff so that's what i consider myself a lifestyle journalist we'll use that one
1: a lifestyle journalist that's dope so definitely like throughout your whole career path lifestyle and fashion has kind of been that connecting point right would you say okay so thinking back can you give me kind of like some early inspirations. Like, tell me like where you're from, what inspired you to get into fashion, all that.
0: Well, I'm from Ohio, Akron, Ohio, Rio, near You already know what it is. Really, I guess fashion is one of the things where, to me anyway, I always felt that looking good made you feel good, made you do good. I connected to three at a very early age with wanting to stand out and have my own identity with the things that I wore and the things that I had. But we wasn't balling out of the gym to where we could afford a lot of the top tier type stuff at the time. But you know, Christmas time came around, and birthday came around. I would, you know, ask for like a bike and then like some clothes because I would like to make sure that I'm looking good on the bike. The bike don't mean that I don't want to look good on
1: the bike. You got to pull up fly on the bike, yeah. Pull up
0: on the, you know what I'm saying? You want to pull up to the park and you know, crazy. So as I grew up and as time went on. I won't say that it became one of them things because I wasn't always the freshest in school. I won't sit here and tell that lie to you. Like, yeah, man, I was putting that shit on since I was like, nah. I knew how to not look chopped, but I also knew what nice stuff was, but I also knew that I couldn't afford that shit at the time. So what happened was as I got older, I got out and being able to earn for myself, you know, had jobs, this, that, and the third. So I was buying. $160 $160 sneakers and all that stuff. That my mom, I would come in with that shit and it wasn't nothing she could say because I, I have a job. So no, I didn't feel this. No, I wasn't out doing nothing. That I didn't have no business doing, even though I might have been doing stuff I ain't had no business. That didn't pay for it. Okay. So as I got older, yeah, it just became a part of like my life. So that's why I say lifestyle. I vividly remember one of my first drops that I went to where I actually camped out for sneakers. I think I was like 18. And I ain't counting when I was a kid. So, like, don't hit me with the whole shit because I know people be in the comments nitpicking and trying to, like, you know, timeline my shit. You know, I'm not lying to y'all when I say what I'm going to say to y'all. But, yeah. yes, my mom did take me to go and buy sneakers and shit on Saturdays and shit like that. I cut school one time as an adolescent youth, and it wasn't for damn shoes. It just so happened that the shoes were coming out that day and everybody was cutting school. How about that? But when I was 18... Had my car or whatever. Me and my homie, we camped out. That's the first time the Cool Gray Threes came out.
1: Is this the first, the first time it dropped, or is this the first re-release? The first, oh, the first time. First time. Okay. okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Yes. So that You're was talking... like late nineties. No,
0: no, 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 no. So I guess it's first re-release then.
1: okay, that's two thousands. Yeah.
0: I was eighteen in two thousand and four, two thousand three.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. So that would be the yeah, first, first re release.
0: Oh damn!
1: <laughs> Your senior but so,
0: I'm about to tell y'all a crazy story right now. And I hope don't nobody look at me no type of way, but this is why I've been trying to say. If you really was with the shit, you was really with the shit and then ain't nothing that's going to change there. Why it translated from Ohio to New York. So what happened was this. It was only one store in the whole city where I'm from, which is Akron, that had, I guess, the tier zero account where you can get all the cool PE exclusive stuff, right? One store. We... Me and my man, this is, and this is just going how far back it was. Me and my man started out about the sneakers dropping in a damn Double XL magazine. We didn't, wasn't no look it up on your phone, sneakers app, they gonna tell you when the shoe come out, where it's gonna, no. We was reading Double XL, you know what I'm saying, reading the magazine, they were like, oh, they had an ad for the Jumpman lifestyle brand with Carmelo Anthony wearing them. I'll never forget this. Like, I would never, this is embedded into my forever memory. So, we found out about that shit. We went to the store. Well, we went to two stores. We asked the one store. They was like, nah, we not going to get them. But this store probably will have them. But they only going to have like six pairs. Like they not going to have a lot. It's going to be like very limited. So I'm like, damn. All right, cool. So me and my mans go to the store. Now, we had already been spending bread at this store. So we was like good customers at the store or whatever. So we go there. I go and holler at my homie who worked there. I'm like, yo, y'all getting these? Show him the magazine. That's how crazy it was. I had to show him the magazine <laughs> of the suit that I wanted. So I'm like, these. Y'all gonna have these? He was like, oh, yeah, 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 We getting those. They're gonna be here on Saturday. I'm like, I need that in a tent. You know, I need that. He's like, Trey, man, we can't really hold the sneakers like those. Now, this is the same time that, like, the packs was coming out. The Jordan packs where you got two shoes, and it had the drawer and you could get the shoes You they equal 23, except for the first one. Cause I had the old, uh, new love pack, which was the black and yellow Jordan one and the black toe Jordan one. And that was like the only one, but I digress. Listen. So we show up at the store. He like it's first come first serve. I'm like, okay, bet. So you saying that the first person that comes to the store, get the shoe. He like, yep. All right, cool. Me and my mans, he's like, all right, bet. Now, this when I was, you know, young boy shooting, like, you know, you know what I'm saying, Jamal Crawford out here in these streets. So we was already on early timing. So that Saturday, we pulled up to the store. We the first ones there. I took a picture. Like, yo, we outside the store, look at what time it is, it's that and in the third. Other cars started pulling up. I guess people started, you know, knew about the shoes or whatever. Everybody started pulling up or whatever. So by the time the store getting ready to open, it ain't crazy like New York or no other place. Like, it was only like 10 of us outside. I look at my man's. I'm like, well, I don't care what they here for, cause I need a size ten. They can buy all the rest of this shit. I don't give a shit what they do. My man's like, yeah, cause I need a size eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so the employees show up. They come outside. They like, who was here first? So me and my man's like, we was here first. We one and two, two and one, one and two. However you want to do it. He want one size. I need the other size. I don't care. They're like, okay. They go back through the line, get everybody's information. Yo, real, this true story, this, this shit really <laughs> happened, bro. they probably gonna ask like, when did you know this? Yeah, I had new guys do for this. Man's comes up to me and goes, hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second at Trey? I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? He's like, you need a size 10, right? I'm like, yes. He's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. We got the size 10. I'm like, all right, so let me come in and pay my 165 and get the fuck out of here. Like, wait. He was like, your man's need a size 11, right? I'm like, yes. He goes, all right, cool, 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 cool. We got the size 11. I'm like, bro, stop playing with me. <laughs> he goes, can I ask you something, man? I go, what? He says, yo, do you want to let somebody else get your shoe? I said, <laughs> man, what? <laughs> he points, he goes, cause we in the store now. He like let us in the store. So he like, you see that kid outside in the wheelchair? I'm like, yeah, he like, he's like a collector and like, he's in a wheelchair and he's like a big Jordan fan. I said, and so what? He should have showed up <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't that big of a fan. And he didn't, he thought that he was gonna pull up in his wheelchair and I was gonna get him shoes. <laughs> but if I come in here on crutches, y'all just gonna start giving me whatever I want. Oh, right, right. And he asked me if I wanted to let I said, hell no, I want no, my shoes.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't need my shoes. He
0: wants to wheel his ass to another store or location. And buy them from somewhere else. No disrespect. But what I'm saying is Jordan's is not like a necessity. He didn't need them Jordans to get better. They weren't gonna make him walk no faster. (laughs) Because I found out he wasn't even confined to the wheelchair. He was just in a wheelchair. Yeah. So I'm like, no. And this is what I said to him. I said, Well, if he would have been here and I would have pulled up and said, I'm a big fan I want these shoes for my uncle, he's gonna let me get the shoes.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Right, right. right, right, You were there early you wanted them it's only right so okay so how did that experience you getting fly in akron how did that lead you to brooklyn to new york
0: i moved to miami because i thought i was a little wayne and then after lived down there for like two years i found out that wasn't it and florida is full of trouble i love florida though it was cool down there it wasn't my speed when it came to like living because at the end of it all when you live in Miami, because that's where I was staying at, I was in the restaurant industry for the whole time I was there. I opened two very nice restaurants. I made decent money. I had a very nice place, all that shit. But in terms of fulfillment and what I was looking for to grow, I knew that that wasn't where I was going to stay. And then when I got to New York and I started seeing how like high school kids coming out with like fall, winter from like Gucci and shit. And I'm like, well, hold on. No, nah, uh-uh. I got to No, nah, this this is my speed and I need to get, I need to get on that. So it was one of them things where I just kind of took like a fish to water for real, for real. I I never second guessed myself out there. I never really questioned what I was going to do out there, but I knew where I wanted to be when it came to what I wanted for myself as a creative. Cause that's when I rely on like being myself, finding myself for real, for real. When I moved to New York, that's when it kind of all clicked and it was like, okay, this is what you're going to do and you can do this, but you need to dedicate yourself to it. Discipline yourself for however long you need to, to establish a foundation. Once you have a foundation and you can kind of do whatever you want, but opportunities ain't real for real, for real Like When you think about opportunities, opportunities is really just thoughts or shit that you really put into motion for yourself. The opportunity, if you will, is always there. It's always present. If you want a million dollars, if you think real, real hard and really calculate the shit, you can get a million dollars. It's just that things like that are harder to perform the alchemy of life to bring to life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yep, yep, it's, yep. It's easy to manifest some bitches, manifest some clothes or, you know, whatever it is, because those are tangible things. And I don't mean humans as tangible things. I mean the clothes and like jewelry and shit like that. Those are tangible things that if you want, you can steal that shit, you know. If you want to be a liar and finesse, you can finesse as many women as you want or as many men as you want if you're a female or whatever the case may be. But when it comes to actual like fulfillment and there that of, I think that. The alchemy of life when it comes to opportunity is all really in the person that's trying to
1: will it into existence. That's real. That's real. Okay, so when you came to New York, you wanted to be involved in the fashion game. What were some challenges trying to climb the ranks? So for real,
0: for real, hot take that shit is nepotism like a motherfucker. You really kind of got to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody to even kind of get somebody's attention. But you are good at what you do and dedicated to what you do. I have a saying where it's be so good they can't deny you and the cream always rises to the top so it's just a matter of kind of sizing up where you want to be because I'm still climbing that's why I'm out here right now I'm out here helping the homies and really studying what they do over here so that I could get some more structure for what we do back over there because being a student always is one of the things where I feel like a lot of people don't humble themselves so I guess the pitfalls in New York is really just staying consistent even when it's not giving you nothing, I know you probably hear that shit a lot, but it's true because I did a lot of work for free. I still do a lot of work. I have been to a lot of events and shit that didn't have nothing remotely to do with my interest there that in, but I went. But I feel like all of that's necessary because you never know who you're going to bump into and who they going to you know, spin off and might know. So it's one of the things where like really being committed and dedicated to staying consistent with networking with being up on who's doing what it's almost like one of those things where they really tell you you can't care about what nobody else is doing well you gotta be aware you have to be aware Okay, you don't gotta care but be aware
1: yep 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 when people ask me about New York I would say it, it really is survival of the fittest like whoever is willing to grind the hardest it's not even about the talent it's really like about the grind and who you know
0: and if you have the talent, then that's the cherry on top that kind of propels you. That's what I think differentiates a lot of the people in New York. It's almost like uh, Pokemon. You got Pokemon and you got shiny Pokemon. Like the shiny ones is the ones you you like, oh, wow. It, shiny Charizard is, does this. Regular Charizard only does that. You know, like. What I also take away from that is New York is only one blip on the whole planet. Because I come out here and I see what people was doing. I said they move in. They got a lot of shit right that we don't even consider in New York. Like, I'm sitting here right now. These motherfuckers in here going hammer right now. And the thing is, they're very organized. They have regular meetings where they check in with each other to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Not saying that we don't do that shit back in the States, but I'm saying it like that's part of their formula that make their brand work. Because everybody is turning and giving equal input with their ideas. Everybody is taking equal input on the workload. If this person can't hear that person, you pick up the slack and don't nobody complain about the shit. I ain't heard these motherfuckers bigger one time since I've been here and I've been here for like a month and some change. And I ain't heard and that one of them raise their voice to the other one about nothing. But that's little things that back at home, we so like, I don't want to say raw, but we almost so passionate that we overlook a lot of the little things that make our passions valid such as making sure everybody on the same page, asking motherfuckers how their day was or asking the motherfuckers what's going on with them. You know what I mean? Obviously, we all want to win and we all want to get to the finish line and all that, but it's important to make sure that the morale is correct and all that shit. And those are intangible things. that They don't teach you in business school. That shit, you got to be around it. And that's why I said, like, lifestyle journalists. you know what I'm saying? Because I want to come and look, because then I know, I know, I sat and watched for a month and a half to make sure that these guys work collectively cohesively and produce results now i need to take what i learned take that back to my squad or whoever is you know trying to hear that and okay look this is what, how we do this and it worked because i saw it a lot of these people i say they catch their stride and they don't understand that they don't have any life experience to back up half the shit that they saying so when they get in deeper waters their ass gonna drown off rip because they really don't know how to swim they just from like they knew how to swim and because the lifeguard was cool with him and let him pass a swim test because he was cool with the nigga mom. Now that motherfucker drowned.
1: That's a fact, man. That's a fact. Yeah. I love the fact that you're over there kind of soaking up game. As long as I've known you. So you're a very confident person. You got a big personality, but you're still humble enough to know that you got to learn more. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm an outsider coming to New York as well, but like I don't see that a lot in New York, you know, and I think that is kind of a setback. Um, But that being said, do you think you can just go through the jobs you had in New York and your takeaway from each one? What you mean, actual nine to fives that
0: I had? Because I only had one job since I lived in New York.
1: Any hustles, any hustles. Like, I'm talking about the complex stuff, everything. See, that's so crazy you brought that up. I was about to tell you about the time I worked at a hotel in New York, but I don't even
0: know complex as a job, bro. This is the thing about complex and what people got to understand. My job there was to learn as well because I knew that that wasn't forever and I knew that that wasn't something that, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to be known for i don't want to be known as the dude on complex i don't want to be known as dude on the supreme line i want to be known as Rax, motherfucker that came and whatever he wanted to do he did it and he motivated everybody else around him to do the same thing he was a a brother chair in a stale ass room a gatekeepers and motherfuckers that didn't want people to 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 get ahead of them so that was a great experience because i learned how to produce content i already had an idea of what to do and I had no idea that COVID would happen but guess what the main takeaway from COVID for everybody that's going forward as like creators and shit content the word gets thrown around so much now content this content that what's the content response two words I want motherfuckers to really stop using is content and journey (laughs) so tired of that word fucking journey (laughs) Don't mention Journey unless <laughs> you're talking about the band, damn it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it.
1: You know, everybody
0: on the damn journey and everybody making content.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that's one of the 48 laws of power too. You don't ever outshine the master. One does not outshine the master. And that's how you pick up more information that you need to basically be better than the master at the end of the day. So like me over there at Complex, I was thankful and grateful for every day that I was in there because I never knew when that shit was going in. Because I was never actually an employee of Complex. I was an independent contractor that worked with Complex. And like I said, I'm thankful for all the opportunities that they gave me over there. But when it really boiled down to it, I knew that I was a commodity. A lot of people don't like to accept that reality sometimes when they're dealing with corporate situations. Having the understanding that my value outside of this commodity need to also be climbing, as well as my value within the company. Because if the company decided to sever ties with me, and I'm not building myself up alongside of that. Then I'm ass out, you know, in the winter. Don't buy one ass out in the wintertime is get your ass get cold. So what I'm saying is me, I had to strategize and understand like, okay, I need to be building things up alongside this. It can't be just complex, complex, complex. I'm gonna put all my, my eggs in complexes basket and pray that they gonna hatch me a chicken farm. No, I had to understand and take away as much information with how things worked, lighting, sound, uh, angles, all that kind of stuff, how to write a script, intro, a body, an outro. A lot of times, people, like on the prompters and shit, I was one of the best, I think, on air when it came to in-studio because I didn't read the prompter. I wrote the prompter and then memorized it like it was raps and then just went in there and spit that shit off the hip. But because I was writing all of that stuff, all of the copy that you would see on any of the complex videos and stuff like that, with the exception, I think, of the first four or five episodes again get in line i was writing a copy for that because i had an issue with them writing stuff that didn't sound like me or you basically somebody that's gonna write some shit and supposed to be me well why don't i just write it yep
1: yep yep, yep. yeah you could tell when someone is on camera reading a prompter and some of those like complex news clips looked like that you know what i mean but you you came in and very natural
0: and that's because like i said i took the time to study and i feel like a lot of the talent that was in there and this ain't no shot or shade at them but I feel like a lot of them were very comfortable being that they were at such a a prestigious publication and media outlet where they didn't have to do that. They knew that they was gonna collect their bread for their appearance, regardless of if they shot it 62 times or whether they shot it. But I'm looking at it like, no, I want to one take this bitch and go home. Now I'm free to go do what I need to do with my my content. There's that working. Uh, (laughs) It's running and everything is cool, but I'm learning all of the stuff that I can learn in that situation. I was built my connections, my networking, and all that kind of stuff. Because again, COVID came. Complex then went through some internal issues where they damn near they downsized a lot. You know, a lot of the shows that they had are no more. I think Full Size Run just did their last episode with oh, Complex. Shit.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: they just did their final. I think episode with Complex. That whole brand outlet is changing. But I'm good because I got two businesses and I was learning and studying my craft on the side, which was learning how to be the best artist and making tapestries, whether it was rugs, chain stitch, embroideries, sewing, whatever it was. So guess what? Now I'm a weapon all of my own. And I'm still valuable because I, all the information that I took from Complex and learning how to operate, perform and execute on like a higher level. I know how to produce content. I know how to direct content. I know how to set up and build sets like I was kicking in every part of anybody that I could kick it with at the office so I learned pretty much a little bit about everything and now I can use that when I come to here I can be like hey guys I I know how to do that you know if they need a help hey guys I know how to do that and I can show them what I didn't already did because I clearly did it with Complex it's just basically like look here's the opportunity yeah I did that with Complex but I learned so much more by working with them to be able to be a better
1: service to myself All right, listen up guys. I'm sorry to do this. I gotta take a quick break from this interview to let you guys know about something very special I have going on. About three years ago, I created this company called Art of Storytelling. And basically what we do is we sell cassette tapes of Slick Rick's The Art of Storytelling. Just kidding. So I run a full service production company. We do everything from ideation, pre-production, production, production, post-production, very much geared around solving problems through storytelling. So the next time you're in a brainstorm meeting with your boss and he says, we need to create a video to create impact or to make a splash for some sort of initiative, send it my way. I promise you'll be the hero. You'll be the office hero once they get that beautifully shot vertical video that everyone watches on their phones. Hit me up. Rail.mov on IG. Chances are I have a video that you need already. Let's talk it through. All right, back to the program. Let me jump into my first segment. It's called For the Love of Money. For love of money. So, For the Love of Money is a segment that I hope kind of builds transparency around money talk with creatives. So, it's a two part question for you. My first question is As a fashion journalist, how do you make money? And then, two, you say you still take on, like, free gigs. How do you pick and choose which jobs you do for free?
0: Fun fact, a lot of this shit is archive stuff. So it's stuff that I haven't been building for a long time. And just because you have it don't mean you got to wear it all. I tell people all the time, I got a room in my house that I could get put on something new every day for a year. Mm-hmm, <laughs> majority of the shit I made, like this hat, made this hat. The pants, I made these pants. My shoes, I made my shoes, you know, like... So a lot of that comes from how much does it cost to do all of that? I say the money comes from selling art a lot of times, missions for stuff that I do do and use in my own designs. So that's like chain stitch, embroideries, patchwork, rugs. I run, like I said, two businesses. I got Todd maker. I got remarkable rags. They both do pretty well. So it's like one of the things where just having your business structured to provide residual income off of the stuff that you do. All the things that I do, I make. So therefore, I'm in control of my income. That's why I put so much time into being good at what I do, because if I'm going to be selling it to people, I know I'm under the critique of a customer client base that at any time they'll be like, I don't like this shit. Well, I want to give you as little reasoning to not like my shit as possible to where there's really no question or issue with it and you happy with the product. And I'm also very like interactive, if you will, or hands on with talking to the people, clients and all that type of stuff. So. I do pretty well with that. I've been blessed enough that I've done a few installations for bigger companies and shit like that based off of them knowing what I do, you know, via social medias and shit like that. So a lot of the work that I get is commission based. A lot of the stuff that I do is commission based. And that's just really also grinding and putting yourself out there, showing the work that I do. What's crazy is the pictures that I post that get the most likes, they don't get me no sales, but the pictures that get the least amount of likes, they give me the most sales. So as a creative, you can't get discouraged like that because social media mess you up too like that. You're thinking that you're supposed to get 10,000 likes because you made some shit because they like what you put on. You got to understand that everybody ain't looking for a creative or something to buy or something to invest in. Some people just looking for that feeling of looking good or looking to stroke that adrenaline hit that they need to see, you know, the imagery of somebody that they look up to or want to be like on socials. So when you see people gravitating towards fit pick posts and you know they not liking your art posts don't take it as they not fucking with your art just take it that you got two different demographics of people that you catering to right now and all you want to do is work on building that part of the demographic that's buying into your artwork and the stuff that you're making and then you'll be all right yeah i just locked in a deal with a school
1: oh wow dope so how do you pick and choose which of the free work that you do well we got a trade gang
0: that's it it's got to provide educational value and then I do whatever it is. Like, for instance, here, I'm not getting paid to be here, but they also provide me with a space to come through. It's nice in here. I can ask questions. I get to see a brand operate from the inside. So why would I charge you anything for me to do anything for you? You want me to do something special for you? Yeah, we'll work it out. But even then, I'm not going to charge you for a price like I would a client that just is coming to buy my work because we trade information. I'm giving you some insight on what can be done when it comes to putting together pieces or whether that's a art piece that you want to see, or just processes period from a person that's hands on with it so that you can understand maybe how the manufacturer do whatever it is that they do to make your shit. So i am like, well, look, why don't you make it here and send it to the manufacturer? You got to worry about grading and going doing it back and forth. So it's like one of them things where I trade gang with people in, like I said, it's almost like one of them things where like your value got to come from within and what you actually bring to the table. Like, that's how I really pick it. If somebody come to me and say, would you take interest in what I'm doing? It's that in the third, you know, I might consult with you for free. I might not put my hands on your project, but I still chop it up with you. So a lot of times, bro, it don't even really be about the bread with me. It just got to be about the project and I got to have an actual interest and time in the shit. If I got interest in it, that's always a plus. And then if I got the time for it, then it's a go. So it's just like catch me at the right time, as they say.
1: Yeah, Yep. Yeah, I hear that.
0: That's how I do my sweat equity if I'm chilling and you got a fire ass idea and I think we can really bring it to life yeah let's do it run it
1: yep why not yep, yep. and the game you soak up could lead to some big money and a lot of people don't make those moves so that's some real game right there so I want to talk about some challenges so on your rise to like you know when you started like really get making a name for yourself and being in the public eye what are some challenges that you faced from folks in the fashion
0: world? Motherfuckers not understanding that sometimes a loud motherf- from the, the media west is generally how a person is and they don't mean nothing by it. I've been misconstrued as as an asshole. I have been misconstrued as uh, big-headed, you know, conceited. All the, the critiques. But I don't give a shit because I know that they ain't really me. But sometimes that can lead to people having a preconceived notion about you, even if that may not really be you. And it could be a hindrance sometimes to get into some of these rooms, But most of the time, generally the people, I say this, that don't like me in person and they get to be around me, they can never say that their opinion probably wasn't persuaded just a little bit because I really fuck with everybody. As long as you about the right thing, I, I feel like your energy off the end, yeah, I ain't gonna fuck with you. But it's like, for the most part, I think that's probably the biggest is being misunderstood and being intimidating to other people that's like trying to hold on to their little spot, knowing that they ain't got no real talent out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be honest, a lot of the current shit that people are saying is hot, that's in fashion, streetwear, footwear, wear, it's good. I wasn't about to hate, but I do feel like the bar is really 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 low right now it's really low really low and i'm not saying that you got to go and do french terry you know shirts and you got to be doing you know the optimum gsm in hoodies or your denim got to be salvaged over 10 years but i do think there's a lot of bullshit going on out here (laughs) right right (laughs) And a lot of that comes from these motherfuckers mm-hmm. who are already in position. Passing the torch down to their homies. Keeping it, you know, within the crew, if you will. I get it. So I'm not hating because you know what? To each day on. They had to work to that point to get, I guess, into the crew. But I do feel like that does fuck up a lot of stuff in the game when it comes to other people that could bring good ideas to the table. And I think that a lot of this stuff, again, or challenges be really just kind of getting your foot in the door and like just staying, staying consistent. Like, yeah, yeah, that's real. For instance, all right, did not had a brand for like four years. I ain't drop shit, right? It ain't like, I don't have stuff. It's not like I'm not working on the brand and it's not like I'm not making things. But in the game, Right now, the way that it's set up, it won't perform how I want it to perform.
1: I know that. I uh, how, do you, that. how do you feel that? Well, like, what makes you
0: feel that? Just the way that people is actually buying and consuming clothes right now. I'm not saying that motherfuckers wouldn't get it because they would. I just don't think that it would be appreciated the way that I would expect it to pop off and it wouldn't get the attention. It would kind of be one of those things where it was a really, really good idea, but it was at the wrong time. So sometimes timing too. You can't just be popping off of shit just because you got the shit. I digress. So I've been chilling. Now, like I said, I've been learning all of this stuff, hanging out in Amsterdam, doing all this type of stuff, learning how to, you know, just get better at what I do, this, that, and the third. But now it makes more sense because guess what? I've been doing a lot more partnerships with people that have more prestige when it comes to the quality of what my brand represents. I don't work with kids super. Kid Super just work with Louis Vuitton. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. That's my man's. Yep, yep, yep. So all I gotta do is stay patient and just keep working. People see that. It's not one of the things we're like, wait a minute, he's around again, damn it. So even the gatekeepers that was trying is like, well, how the hell does he keep figuring out a way? Okay, we better let him in because it's probably better to just have him on board because yeah. clearly he's not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> not going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, man. So what So what brands do you feel like? What are you actually into right now?
0: Man. Well, Sumibu out here in Amsterdam, I really like their stuff. That's where this scarf actually is from. You can get it online at sumibu.com. I like their stuff because it's kind of like a play on like the Japanese stuff. Their clothes are fun, but they're also very casually directed to where I think it's actual streetwear, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And it's
0: good quality. Like I said, I don't have the pleasure of being behind the scenes. And watching how they do and move with a lot of their partnerships and collaborations and shit like that. So I would say them,
1: uh
0: really, man. My shit. Yeah. Me.
1: <laughs> Are you still rocking Supreme?
0: Yeah, you know, my draws. My machine. <laughs> I got a Supreme sewing machine. I just that's like the last thing I bought. The last thing I bought from them was a sewing machine. But that just goes to show you too how like my interest then changed. I would have probably bought like a varsity jacket or some shit. Nah, I was outside. Why? I ain't been outside. Season after season, I came outside for that damn sewing machine and left with that
1: shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the resale game like right now? Is it? I know it's changed a lot. Like, is is Supreme still a profitable resale game? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> be with some, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I don't know either, bro. I know that box
0: logo hoodies is only selling for like fifty dollars over what they go for retail, mm. which to me is saying no, because I used to go in there. And if I was coming out with a BOGO, I was getting double, if not triple, depending on the cutaway, before I even had it in my hand. So, like I said, the game done changed. StockX done fucked it up. Yes. Grilled done fucked it up. Yep. You got all these independent resale stores now, you know, consignment shops, and retailers ain't playing the game no more. So it's like, they're not even putting stuff out on the shelf. Everything went digital. You feel me? Like, the game fucked up. So that's why I just started my own shit.
1: Do you still shop at actual physical shops or do you mostly buy online now? I still shop at stores. I don't me, play that Me online. too. Yeah, me too, man.
0: But yeah, brands that I'm fucking with, like, I mean, outside of, like, I guess, Barriers worldwide, I like the Black History stores that they be telling. Shout outs to
1: Barriers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I like Martine and Ross. Mm-hmm. The Rose or Ross? I don't even know how to say I that. I
1: didn't know how to say that either.
0: Martin Rose. Is it Rose? Is that th- how you th- say it? I thought Rose. It Martine Rose? Rose. Martine Rose? Okay. yeah Rose. Okay. Yep, yep. I like they stuff because they be having like the cool tactical shit. I like that. But for real, for real, bro, I've been drawing a lot of my inspiration off of like time periods and eras and then like just going and buying that shit thrift, bro. So like I've been buying a lot of like acid wash Levi's and shit like that from the 90s, but they had a bow. Two cut, I think, or some shit like that. Okay. I ain't on no front, bro. I've been really just into cuts. Cause like I said, I've been on my design shit for the last like years and change. And I don't mean like I've been on my, I've been paying attention to like, no, I don't know what it's called. I just know how it looks. That's why I say like I'll get the information afterwards. But I know what I'm looking for. The eyes don't lie, you know. So I've been really into like time period pieces and like eras and shit like that. Like I've been looking at like what famous people were in the 70s
1: oh dope like bell bottoms and shit no nah, hell no nah. <laughs> <laughs> military stuff shit like that but
0: also overseas like what was this motherfucking london wearing? what was the street we're like in you know taipei
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of punk influence of that in that time right like late 70s early 80s
0: so I'm, I'm more 80s 80s 90s ish that's why i say i've been kind of digging into the archive when it comes to like the 70s and 60s, because they was making a lot of fly shit then. But I also look at like what the trend was for that time period. What I've been doing is is I've been kind of making a little collage of like shit that I didn't see over time. And then I'm trying to like line it up with how long it's going to take for it to
1: resurface. Mm -hmm. It always comes back. It never fails. Mm -hmm. So
0: I've been doing a lot of that type of research. Like I said, I look at it like journalists, like I'm a nerd when it comes to that type of shit. So I know I can put on clothes very well. I just keep looking at trying to figure out the why and then how to sell it and then make it my own. That's it.
1: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! When will skinny jeans come back? You got a little while for that. <laughs> yeah. you got a little while for that. It's gonna, it's gonna be a minute.
0: <laughs> no, it's I, sooner than you think, for real for real. But it's just like, like I was again talking with Larry. Whoever got it when it comes to fashion, or whoever the game is promoting or pushing, that's what yeah, true. It's gonna dress like you got to be like down there, like the maverick to 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 zig when everybody else is zagging. So, like, we were just talking right before the interview. I was saying how, like, I'm pissed that this month, for real, just mm-hmm. out with his his fall winter because a lot of the stuff that he did, I kind of had on a move board. But, again, I don't have the resources like that or the, the production to just put a lot of the stuff into the world. So I was like, just he just shit it. But then here's the <laughs> thing. Here's what I said. So I wasn't talking shit. I made the point to him. I said, but now look at it like this. The last two, three years, Balenciaga and Rick, that's all my motherfuckers really been on. Everybody been dressed mm, yep. like fucking Eon Flux. That's <laughs> here. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because Rick and balenci they had it. That was what the, the popularity, because EA, we all know why, you know, he's still influencing you motherfuckers to do shit. But that's because that's what the focal point of fashion was for, I guess, in popular trend. Now, somebody like Pharrell, who's always, to me, been someone that I looked up to when it came to style and fashion. Now, he just ran it up with the Western Americana thing. Ralph Lauren's double RL with Louis Vuitton. But that just made everything in the thrift market or on the ground level that was being overlooked, that just made it all worth money. And that's how people make bread. And the thrift markets, because you got people that don't want to pay the exact price for that look, but they want that look. So when you go to these thrift stores and spots now, don't be surprised if you see a markup on anything that's familiar or similar to what Pharrell just put out with the
1: Louis Vuitton collection. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's going to happen.
0: If you look at it, watch. Everybody going to be in workwear, jeans. He just upped the stock for Tim's. This is why it'd be funny. I'd be like, well, why are you don't just be asking motherfuckers that mm, really mm. questions? Because I would have dead ass told you to do the field boot, the beef and brock.
1: Yep. He ain't do that. Yep, yep, yep. That's going to come back, man. I've already seen some cats rocking those again. Bro, they never went
0: anywhere. Listen, you can change the material of what you make your tires out of. Okay. You can use rubber, you can use steel infused rubber. It's still a fucking tire. It's still a tire. You make certain staples in style and fashion like Timberland did, obviously, and I'm not sitting here saying it like, but I know me, I don't like Constructs. I think I've owned two pairs of Constructs, Timberland Constructs, my whole life. But I didn't own like six pairs of field boots, even rocks, Right, I right, my, right, right, right. He could have even fucked them up, bro, and this is what I'd be saying. Like, I'd be thinking like, well, I get it, you're trying to put a higher end on something, but Why wouldn't you take the most popular models that already is true to the streets and people have already been going crazy for for years Add those, I was looking at a post, I seen seven boots and basically they were six inches with just different flips on the pattern or if you put leather around the Louis V leather and then the one half. Now, my thing is, why you didn't do a 40 below?
1: Right, right. That needs to happen. Why you didn't do a Euro hiker? Right, right, right. Everyone just do it. They go the safe route. They go with what they know will sell.
0: What I'm trying to say is a lot of these people don't be having no real input on, like, culture when it comes to being around that shit. Like I said, you go for the popular opinion of what everybody is gravitating towards. My shit is this. And I'm going to shout out New York on this. That New York boot thing, that's some New York shit, right? It is. So it is. To me, they made that shit famous. I don't care what nobody say. I didn't know what Timberland Constructs was until I started seeing Biggie videos and shit. So why the fuck you gonna do just six inch in different colors and textures? Look at the Eurohiker. If he would have did that with the leather and they got flavors in that one, my nigga. They got flavors. That's crazy. The streets would have went crazy. But then what I was saying was, I want to meet the person that decides the pricing on this shit. Like who determined the, the boots
1: is worth $12,000? That's crazy.
0: I don't know if that's how much they cost, but I feel like that's how much they would cost.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they'll be up there. They'll be up
0: there.
1: $500. What what are your price points, like, for your brand?
0: It's all cost-efficient to where whatever it is it costs to make. I ain't going to lie to you. Like, my business partner hates that shit, but I have to explain to him that everything is a case-by-case basis. and You got to look at each thing individually. You can't blanket statement shit, because then when you blanket statement shit, then guess what? You get swept up in the blanket. So, it's best to just treat everything on a case-by-case basis. So... Me, for price points, being that I own the manufacturer that makes the T-shirts, I can offer my T-shirts for like 45 cash, depending on how much it costs me to actually make it and the blank. But being that I'm also manufacturing the shit in-house, I can also give you a better product because I have a direct line to the wholesaler to buy all the blanks and anything that I want to make sure that the products that you get are of the top quality. And I ain't cheap when it comes to that. I'm actually very bougie about like the shit that I wear and like the stuff that I put on. And the stuff that i will put my of approval on to sale so if it's a custom work it's all case by case commission wise case by case everything case by case i would never sell i don't think that i could ever justify and this is me using the best leather me charge anything over like two thousand dollars for a jacket
1: and that's like leather yeah that's a good price
0: you know two grand but I also don't plan on putting out a lot of stuff. I, like, make five of whatever it is, and that's what you get. But I feel like that's how it should be. Artists didn't paint 16 fucking masterpieces. You don't see, like, 15 Mona Lisas. That nigga made one really, really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's it. Now, his other work, that made his other work worth more money, too. Right. So I kind of be looking at, like, you take what you get when you get it, however you get it. Again, I'm a lifestyle journalist. I'm not a full-time designer. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a full-time curator, but even in that, my view and opinion on it is a little bit different when it comes to consumerism, because I want people that really actually like it to have it. And then if someone likes it more than that person that actually got it, then you spend or you do whatever it is that that person wants for you to get it from them.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And I'm going to come out with 10 in another color, but you want that color. My advice to you is to probably figure out a way to get that color, because I'm not going to make no more.
1: Yeah, that's real. So when's the next release? I know you're on hold right now. When are you going to drop another line?
0: Man, I've been working on shit the whole time I've been here. I'm making these hats right now. These are mine. Nice. Thank you. I'm doing hats. I don't know. I'm going to keep it. don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I've been over here more or less trying to be a better value to, to the situations that I'm already in. So it's just trying to really build on taking the knowledge that I got and executing brand ideas. I think I'm having more fun with that. Like I was making one-on-one samples. They asked me to do that shit. I just did it. Dope, dope, you see what dope, yeah. yeah But it gives experience to understand how things work and how to, you know, work my way to where I want to be so that when I'm 60 or 70, then I want to be, that's when I'll be a full-time designer. I'll put my car I'll just pull out, be the fly-ass nigga with the dreads that knows everything that you could possibly want to know because he didn't know what and took the cool years of his life to learn that and kind of experiment
1: in different directions so yeah we're going to paris too. oh hell yeah I, i've been to paris once it's dope but they are kind of racist out there so be careful i'm
0: going for the fashion weeks so they better watch their <laughs> mouth
1: <laughs> so if you like what you heard if you're seeing some value if you're getting some inspiration if you could just do me a favor go over to their podcast platform and rate us five stars leave a little comment Let folks know how much you like the podcast, because then you'll help us get into other people's homes, ears, wavelengths, brains, and we'll spread the gospel. All right. All right. Let me end this with some kind of like rapid fire questions. First one, major versus independent. Will we ever see racks with a nine to five? Yeah. One that I pick and decide for myself. Sure. What would it take for you to jump on board a company?
0: Let me create and do whatever I need it is to do. And don't be confused about what y'all want the direction y'all want to go in. That's it. Just give me the task and let me do it.
1: That's it. Dope, 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 dope. And then what does the next five years look like for you? Ooh.
0: <laughs> they look good. I don't know how else to put it. They look great. Fly. Well, no, on some G-shape, I just plan on doing, I might move over here. I'm really leaning towards moving here. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm probably going to be international racks. Coming back and forth. We're going to see how this weekend go because I'm going for fashion week. I'm going to represent my company at the Kids Super Fashion Show. My business partner actually just printed like some crazy ass shit that's going to be on a runway. That's the shit that I be into. Like, my man, we built a shop. My man, I used the connection, connected it, made it happen. Now I'm in, you know, so that's the type of shit that I, I like to see. I like to see other people do good off of the, the strength of whatever I had to do with it. So I, I don't.
1: That's really dope.
0: Yeah, so we're going to do that, but that's really, yeah, that would be what it would take for them to give me a 9 to 5. Yes. Word.
1: Okay, and then if you could say anything to the young you, what would it be? Don't
0: listen to me. Just do what you're going to do. You're going to become me. <laughs> don't, so, and I like where I am now, so do not change, or don't listen to me. Do not. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> listen to you. Don't listen to me. Listen to you. No, for real, because. A lot of people be like, I would tell myself to bet on this or I would give myself lottery. No, fuck that. Be thankful for wherever God doesn't put you or whatever you believe in Buddha, Allah, whoever you believe in, you know, be thankful for wherever they got you, you know, because it's a lot of people that didn't wake up this morning. It's a lot of people that don't make it into this world at all. Just find your purpose. I know it may suck. And a lot of times this is what I would just tell you, period. It sucks. And it's very hard to find and people are going to misunderstand. and They're going to label you and they're going to put you in boxes that you don't deserve to be in. But you need to understand that life is linear. It's a forward progression. So anything that you go through, you can put behind you. And as long as you keep an optimistic mind that you are in control of what happens to you. I don't give a shit where you grew up at. I don't give a fuck what happened to you. All that. I got shot. I went to prison. I had teachers tell me I wasn't shit. You wouldn't know none of that shit if I wouldn't have just said it to you. Because guess what? I don't let those things define where I want to go and what I deserve in my life. So the same thing for whoever is watching and listening applies to you. And trust me, you will be greater later. That's a fact. You stay on your own shit. Don't sell out. You ain't got to do nothing. It's better sometimes to go through it than to try to take the easy route out. That's real talk. Like, Mm. I done went through it a few times in my life. I'm going to go through it some more in life. I'm looking forward to it. That's part of living. Right. But would you rather be dead?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're oh, right. Yeah. right. Right, right, so, right.
0: That's like the advice that I guess I could give on some G shit because, you know, I, I never thought that growing up where I grew up at that I would be getting ready to go to a major fashion show for Paris Fashion Week with some of my work and influence mm-hmm. and involvement in it. And if you would have told me that shit, if I would have went back and said, hey, yo, listen, nigga, you gonna be in, I would have laughed at me any fucking way. So right. I know me, I know me. I would have paid <laughs> <to> do
1: it. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, and this, this question, AI, do you fear it or use it? And this is, it, I like this because you're in the fashion world. AI.
0: I don't use that shit. It's fun to play with. I like them Steve Harvey things they was making where he was drunk and crying. <laughs> That's funny. So I like it when people be making memes and shit with mm-hmm. it. It's always, this is what I say about that. It's cool, but you're always going to need a human. You're always going to need a human to, I feel like AI can't physically go into the world, investigate and look or feast its eyes, touch, pick up, smell, know what shit really is. It can't really do that yet, but you're going to always need the human interaction to really validate anything that AI tell you. And if you ask me, shit it's humans out here that could damn near make the ai shit that you say so it's just really like challenging the skill sets of the people and peers around you to make more shit so yeah, it's cool i like it it's it's cool I, me personally i don't use it too often that i know of i might be using it on some app on some like third party not, shit. not
1: in the fashion game i i don't i don't see where it would it would i mean would people use it design? I doubt it, right? Uh,
0: Freddie was already doing it. You ain't seen that that thing where somebody was making the Nikes that look like they was in a wedding and they did all of the frilly stuff on it and shit like that. You can Uh, make that a real too.
1: You can technically
0: use the image that you create in AI to make a physical specimen or whatever it is that you want, but I just like, I'm cool. Like, again, I I feel like certain things have been around forever. And the reason why they've been around forever is because they're good. And sometimes you just got to Figure out how to make something that's already good your own. So, again, with creating and design, sometimes it's better to go through it than to use AI.
1: Yeah, word. Well said. Okay, and then my last segment is called Drop a Gem on Them. Once, Once again, Rax, AKA Rax Hogan. If you could drop any gem on the young viewers that might be into fashion and wanna uh, follow your path, what would it be?
0: All right, first of all, you gotta let your ego go. Number two, you got to be willing to get your hands dirty. Number three, you got to realize that you are not the main attraction and or main event. And until you are the main attraction and main event, it's never nothing wrong with learning or bettering and sharpening your sword and toolkit to be the best at any situation when opportunity arises, because say yes, as opposed to the people that's going to be able to say no, is what's going to differentiate you and your progress and how you move through the ranks of whatever it is you're trying to learn also don't be afraid to try stuff and fail i know that's a, a common thing that people but yo bro if i told you how many times i made some shit and it fell apart or so how many times i done messed up rugs before i got good at it you know you probably wouldn't believe me so what i'm sitting here saying is like it's one of them things where just be comfortable with what you want to do you got to realize that anybody that's a master their craft unless they was a prodigy no one came out just knocking shit out the frame so you still gotta learn and always be willing and open to learn to the day you die. Like, if you plan on being in fashion or any industry because you're always interpreting. So you have to always be open-minded to receiving new inspirations and new ideas from wherever they may come from, even if it's a place that you might not be interested in. You still accept and open to hearing that point of view because guess what? You don't be surprised at again how many times something that was like quirky knowledge that I didn't think would be of value wound up being a value in a discussion when I was trying to get something done or do something. So yeah, just be humble. My great grandmama, Georgia, who I love, rest in peace to Georgia. She had a saying, you never know where your last drink of water going to come from. So it's best that you keep it cool with everybody that you come in contact with. So until they do you wrong, and even if they do you wrong, if you can survive from it, move on and learn from it. But it's one of them things where, like, don't let that determine or define you or make you into whatever it is that you don't like. So you feel like you're getting gatekept? Okay, cool. Keep on persevering with your thing. Do your shit. Don't worry about it. Be aware of it, but don't worry about it, okay? Mm-hmm. You ain't got to care, but always be aware. That's the mm-hmm. right
1: yeah. Yes, sir. Well said. Well said, man. Well, yeah, man. It was great catching up with you. Have fun at you uh, at uh, Parish Fashion Week, man. Um, I'm gonna keep watching your growth uh, from afar, but we also we also got to link up again sometime soon, man.
0: I'll be home next month. Sometimes they don't. I, I like I said. I just got this deal with this school, so I'm gonna see how long they are gonna have me out here for. But other than that, I'm planning on coming home next
1: month. So it's it's where, good. Where, what's what's the gig at the school? I'm gonna be teaching kids how to make rugs hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah i gotta combine film all right have a good time man hit me when you get back i will for sure thank you bro right, i appreciate you yes, sir have a good one. Right, you too peace and that was it once again that was my interview with Rax. a little bit different this week but it was so refreshing and great to catch up with my homie you know what I love about doing these interviews? Like once the cameras stop and we start recording sound, we usually continue the conversation and start talking about collabing. And so we did that and we started talking about doing some content together. So I might be heading over to his studio once he gets back to New York and doing some behind the scenes filming. I mean, we already know he's good on camera. You've seen him on Complex, man. And if no one else is going to take advantage of his talents, then I will you know so I, th- I think there's a lot a lot of potential there so we'll see what happens man 2024 is looking good i hope your 2024 is looking good as well if it's not we still got what 11 months left i hope you're gaining some inspiration from these shows what do you want to hear what do you want next what you want what what field do you want me to cover i got it all okay i just got to hit the rolodex look through my contacts i got someone for you hit me rel.mov on instagram hit the voicemail i forget the number and i'm not gonna look it up right now so check a previous episode we haven't gotten any yet so be the first um how about this how about this how about this, how about this? How about this? How about this? i got a treat for you guys if you follow the instagram i was gonna do a joe Conzo 50 years of hip-hop book giveaway i have like 30 of them sitting here and i want to give them away okay and i got joe Conzo's blessing okay um the first 30 people to leave a voicemail is getting a book okay okay the first 30 people to leave a voicemail is getting a book okay and i gotta make it a little challenging so i'm not even gonna give you the the number to call right now okay you gotta see a previous episode look you're getting a free book okay i'm not just gonna hand it to you go to a previous episode get the number call say anything but make it something i can use on the show okay don't just say send me my free book okay and leave some way for me to get a hold of you okay let's do that on that note see you next week peace